0: Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Father, in that wonderful, authoritative name of Jesus, which we've been blessed with, we're clothed with, which we have, gives us a commanding spirit. We say in the name of Jesus that the words of life today will not fall lifeless to the ground. They're, they're going to uh, approach and be embraced with hearing ears, uh, spiritual ears, to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. I'm thanking you that the words of life will change, the words of life will heal, the words of life will bless, encourage, lift up, give direction, give hope, give assignment, and they'll fulfill it in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, thank you that you have uh, given me this this. Uh, your gospel, this this your word, for this your people, and for this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, turn around, tell somebody, see I'm ready for the word. the word. Praise God. And so in the book of Romans, let's go to Romans chapter 1, if we will, and let's look at Romans chapter 1. Uh, Paul wrote the, this book the, to the Roman church, and and in the course of doing, though, so he uh, he set out some standards in here Um and so while you're there at Romans chapter 1, verse 17, let me read another verse that you won't see on the screen, but let me just share this with you. It says, um, uh, I, I like this verse, verse 8, Romans chapter 1, verse 8, it says this First, I like that word first, there's always a second. First, I thank my God, um, I, got, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Paul writing to the church of Rome. He was in prison. This church came to the pastor of the church and so their job was to read this to the church. So he said, I thank God for all of you. I thank God. I thank God. And he says, that your, now listen to what he thanked him for, that your faith is spoken about. That your faith is spoken about uh, throughout the whole world the whole known world. Could you imagine that, you, that whatever you do in your life of faith, you don't mean it to be that way, but it's out there. Now, if it was meant out to the whole world, now you and I both know that today with our technology, with all of the cameras and all the videos and all the YouTubers and all the other stuff going on, every film and everything, not everybody in the world is watching every video. But could you imagine that the Bible says the whole world at that time heard their faith? it heard about heard about their faith. Isn't that awesome that you and I our faith can be that explosive everybody hears about it. Amen. Everybody hears about what our faith in God can do. For God, I like this verse. This is a powerful verse. I live by this verse. It's my favorite verse, but it's my second favorite verse out of all the other seconds I have. For God is my witness. I like that. So if we say, I've got a witness over here, it is so so no, no, God is my witness. Whom I serve with my spirit, not with my flesh, not with my emotions, not temporarily, not, not because I feel good, not, not because I serve God with my spirit. And then he said this, in the gospel, that's the only way to serve in the spirit, is with the gospel. That's what the gospel is for, is to give your spirit a connection, a, 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 a way to connect to the things of God. And he said in here, that, and without ceasing, I make mention of you always in prayer. And uh, so so we know this, that we serve God with our spirit. Now that helps us understand as we go over to the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 17. Let's look at our text verse of scripture. Romans, we've been on this for a while, and I'm dealing with this subject called the spirit of faith, what Jesus said about faith. That's my subtitle, what Jesus said about faith. So the spirit of faith is on us. But what did Jesus say about faith, and how does it relate to us today? Romans, chapter 1, verse 17 says this. Well, let's look at verse 16 because it's a really good verse. Um, Pray God. Well, we might as well read verse 15 as well. So as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach. Man, aren't you ready to preach? Come on, man. You're you're men and women of God. You ought to be ready to preach at any given moment. I am so honored and so blessed to be around so many preachers of righteousness around me right now. Amen. I could give this pulpit and every one of us could minister the Word of God uh, superbly. Watch this. He says... uh, so as much as it is in me, it's in me, it's in me, not just on me, not just I feel about it, I was thinking about it. no, it's in me, and I can't help it, it's in me, I'm ready to preach, turn around to us, I'm ready to preach, one more time, I'm ready to preach, old, old statement, and, that, and some of you have heard this before, if you put your finger over the word P, or the letter P, you have the word reach, every time you preach, you reach, Every, if you put your finger over the P-R, you have the word each. Preaching is reaching each. Each person in this world has to hear. Yeah. And, and uh, I can't reach people you can, you, that you can reach. So you got to reach them. And then if you put your finger over P-R-E, you got the word aches. So preaching is reaching each that aches. So my whole job today is to preach. Not not to make you feel good, but to remove all the pain and to you, get you on your feet, get you running for God. And if you can't run from God, at least jog, do something. And uh, verse 16, I am not ashamed, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Any believers in the house today? Amen. Anyone that believeth. Now coming up to their text verse right now, verse 17, but watch this. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. Here comes our text verse for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, from faith to faith, for as it is written, the just shall live by faith, again, for therein is the righteousness of God, put your finger there, look at it, uh, look at it, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed, it's revealed, now, let, let's give another word that we understand. Revelation. Therein is the revelation of righteousness. The revelation of righteousness just isn't coming from God, according to that verse of scripture. Therein is the, right, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. God does not move from faith to faith. We do. So if the righteousness of God is going to be revealed, it's going to be revealed by us. That's why he said, I thank my God upon you that your faith has been known across the world. What were they doing? Making his righteousness revealed. They were, by revelation, giving it to people. Now, listen the Spirit of God, watch that verse. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Let me give you a a truth here. The Holy Spirit talks to you, and then you talk to the world. So, how do they hear God? Through your lips. How do you hear it? In your spirit? by the word, in prayer, but they're not going to get it in the spirit if they're dead to come to Christ. They're not going to say it because they don't know it. So the only revelation that they're ever going to get that God is good, that God is real, that this righteousness of God works is by looking at you, hearing you, watching you, observing you. I guarantee you somebody on your job is observing you. Somebody on your neighborhood is watching you. Somebody's looking to see, are they real? Are they real? For it's revealed from righteous to righteous, as 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 the, as it says, from faith to faith become. Man, I recall, I recall a, 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 a little boy in our street, uh, little Robert, and he was on our street. We lived in the city of Norwalk at the time on Dune Street, and, and while we were there, uh, 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 we came home. I was ministry uh, uh, in in Mexico. Joanne uh, was at a meeting, traveling with a lady by the name of Bobby Jean Merck. And so she was out with her. So she was at a meeting with her. and She was traveling with her. And, and so we both came home. I came home first. We both came home the same day. But uh, I came home first, put all my luggage in the house. Joanne was about maybe 15 minutes behind me. Interesting. And so, so I went out to get her luggage and the neighbors came over and they were on the street. Several of the neighbors were different sides. They came over and they were mad at us. They said, where were you? Where were you? Where you been? We've been knocking on your door, banging on your door. Where you been? Where, where were you? Your cars were here, but you never answered. We just got home. Our luggage, we just got home. We came from two trips. What's going on? And they said, uh, little Robert died. And we came to your house to get you so you could raise it from the dead. Can you imagine living in a neighborhood, right in, almost in the center of it, and the whole neighborhood, who didn't go to church, believed you could raise the dead. My faith was spoken about on that neighborhood. Oh, I remember when they came to the door, knocked on the door, a woman said, could you give me $25, Joanne? Uh, 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 And Joanne goes, is it for your heroin addict, you little thing? And she goes, yes. And Joanne goes, no, I'm going to cast that devil out of you. The lady screamed and ran. And she lived like three blocks, three, three doors down across the street, and Joanne chased her. That's when Joanne could run. And Joanne chased her. And Joanne chased her across the street and the woman ran into her house. Joanne opened the door, ran into her house, past her mother. And Joanne passed her mother, didn't say anything. She, locked her, she closed the bedroom door. Joanne busted the door open, jumped on her in the bed and cast the devil out of her. Thank you for all those amens. Cast the devil out of her. That went through the whole neighborhood. That went all through the whole neighborhood. All the gangs when they would come over and do drugs. All the gangs when they would come over and do their drug dealing. Across the street was the great, biggest drug dealer in Norwalk at the time. We didn't know we moved in there. Everybody was drinking there. They turned all their lights off outside and they all partied in a big tree that they had. Cut all the branches all the way down to the grass. And they wanted everybody to see them when they are behind the tree. And, and uh, every time Joanne would come out, they put their stuff down. They'd go, hello, Mrs. Aragon. Her faith was spoken of. They were afraid of her. Gang members carrying guns were afraid of a woman with faith. I'm telling you, Satan's afraid of you. I'm I'm telling you right now, Satan fears you. If you know who you are and you know what you could do, Satan fears you. He trembles when you wake up in the morning. He trembles when you pray. Satan doesn't know what to do with a man or a woman who knows who they are in Christ. Do you know who you are in Christ? Well, you ought to shout amen about it. So therein is written, just the just, the just shall live by their faith. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13, another text verse says this. Watch this. And collectively, uh, all uh, as, a, as the body of Christ, and we, and we, having, we having, we having, possession, we having, we having, so in other words, in order to say we, I have, you have. We have. In order for, to, to include the word we, it's got to mean somebody else besides me. And you're including yourself. I know I have it. So I'm, I'm, I'm believing you have it. So we have it. Turn around to us and say, we have. we have. Say, we possess. We right now. Right. Oh, I wish you'd say a little bit more excited. I wish somebody stood up and just shout, I have it. But anyway, we having the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith. When somebody attacks you verbally, the spirit of faith does not exist in that. Because the vocabulary of faith has no gossip, has no backbiting, has no hatred in it, has no unforgiveness of it, has no judgment in it, has no ridicule in it, has no racism in it. It has nothing in it but the love of God. The spirit of faith speaks on this wise, the Scripture says. So, in order for there to be the spirit of faith, we must all be talking about the same thing. So, the next time somebody steps up to you, say, "What do you think about so and so?" Look them straight in the eye. You mean the one who's blessed coming and the blessed going, the one that Jesus died for shed his blood for the one that Jesus healed the one that Jesus delivered the one that Jesus blessed the one that God's looking after the one that God has provided for their household the one that God esteems so much that Jesus died on the cross rose again from the dead ascended into heaven and now seated at the right hand of God for that person yeah what about him when you do that anything they were about ready to say negative is shut down Amen. shut down the devil's vocabulary with the vocabulary of God We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. So it's got to be written. Anything you say must be written. And I believed. I I like that. I believed. I believed. Now notice, that that term is is past tense, But the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. The spirit of faith, right now that you possess, is as strong as what you believe to be written. So you've got to study your Bible you got to understand what the Bible, if you want to know what Jesus did, study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you want to know historically how they all flowed together, read the book of Acts. If you want to do what Jesus did, read the epistles. Read the epistles. Now watch this, I believe. And therefore have I spoken. So the spirit of faith believes and the spirit of faith speaks. It's impossible to possess the spirit of faith and have your mouth quiet. When in regards to this, in regard to this, you and I've got to be able to do this. Therefore, I've spoken. We also believe. Therefore, we speak. Man, isn't that powerful? Turn around, and tell somebody. Say, I have the spirit of faith. I believe the word of God to be true, and I speak only the word of God. You remember the remember when Jesus came? In, well, we're going to read this in a little bit. But that centurion came and he said, "Listen, uh, speak the word only, and I know my servant will be here. just. Only speak the word." I don't need any fluff. I don't need anything else. Just, just speak it, amen. amen. Don't, 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 uh, don't mess with me. Don't talk about the religion, the, the Jewish uh, religion. Don't talk about the priesthood. Just speak the word regarding this situation. Jesus said to Martha, "If thou can believe." Do you remember that? Jesus said to Martha, "If thou can believe, and thou shouldest see the glory of God. If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. Amen. If you believe, you'll see it." Now, he, she did see it. Now, we're going to talk about this. What did Jesus say about faith? And then again, Jesus said, all things are possible to him that believes. Nothing is impossible to the believer unless their thinking is it's impossible. But there's no impossibilities with God. There is no impossibility. God, can, God, God created the heavens and the earth, so why can't He create for you? And as a matter of fact, He put all that creative genius on the inside of you. That's why it's called words. The creative genius of God, he said, faith comes by hearing. And I'm going to make you a genius beyond your years. He didn't say that, you're, that your IQ may go up. He said, you're going to be a genius. Because you're going to say things that geniuses won't say if they're not saved. They may be able to send in all of their intelligence somebody to Mars. But you may have a, a, a D grade average and move mountains. They may have gone through all of the testing and all of the education and they may want a Nobel Prize but they don't know God in medicine and they're coming up with a new uh, a new vaccine. However, you know the name that's above every name and one decla- declaration of that name can cure any disease. And doctors scratch their heads, I don't know how, the x-ray said this, and all the blood tests said this, and by all exams, this says this, but, we don't know how, or we don't know why, but it's not there anymore. What did you do? And they scratch their head when you said, I prayed, and Jesus came, and my healer delivered me, and what you thought you found, is it there no more? Amen. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Amen. Amen. The vocabulary of the believer makes you a genius. Amen. All things are possible. Come on, see, yell it with me. Don't mouth it. Say it with you. All things are possible. Come on again, all things. all things. To him that believes. You got, but what are you going to believe? What do you believe? You just can't believe in church. Satan will never back off because you say, listen, Satan, I know Pastor Art, you better get out of here. He's not going to care. I know I'm good looking and I know I'm powerful, but he's not going to back away. The script, we have scripture on that. Seven brothers got together and they tried to deal with the devil. And they said, we saw Paul do this. No, we could do this, snap of our finger. They got a hold of that devil, looking for a devil. If you go looking for devils, you'll find them right away. You don't have to look far and you'll find one, and one will turn on you. And the Bible said that they said, you come out of him in the name of Jesus, who Paul preaches. Not who they were preaching, who Paul preaches. And it's almost like the devil said, "Well, well, he did. He said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but back to this, but who in the hell are you? You know, we don't know you. You've never made any news in hell at all. We don't recognize your name. You're not, you, you've not done one thing. You, 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 uh, you carry a Bible. I don't highlight it. You can't quote but four verses of Scripture. And you've been saved 30 years. Well, what should we do? You don't pray in tongues. But when, unless you're in trouble. And the only time you ever go to church is when you're in trouble. When was the last time you deeply worshipped? And got so caught up you lost time. Time was not, not even relevant anymore. Time wasn't even relevant. I was so caught up in worship last night and praying last night. I got home and, and doing that. And so I, I went to bed at, at 3 this morning and got up at 6. Do I look tired? I don't look tired. Because you know why? I'm not. Now when you get with God and God keeps you up and you lose time with that, He refreshes you. He strengthens you. Amen? I'm not going, I, I'm not saying to you, uh, hey, if thou Believe it. No, I'm not yawning. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. That's right. Going to be 67 years old and vibrant. Full of the power of God. Stronger now than I was when I first got saved. All things are possible to the one who believes. If you believe. Now, here is the all important question. What were they to believe? And if we can answer that question, that helps us out. What were they to believe? Because all across, not every believer believes. Not everybody says I'm a believer. Believes, and, and you got to understand the whole concept of what belief is, and the, and the whole aspect of it. Now they were, now here. Let, let me give you these statements here. They were not to believe that Jesus Christ died for their sins. Anybody know why? I'll help you. He hadn't died yet. Not in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Jesus hadn't died yet. So they weren't supposed to believe he died for their sins. He hadn't died yet. They were not supposed to believe that Jesus rose again from the dead for their justification. Why? He hadn't died yet. But he told them, if you believe, all things are possible if you believe. He said that in the Gospels. So their belief had to take them to another level in their level before the cross. So they weren't supposed to believe that Jesus died. They weren't supposed to believe that Jesus rose again from the dead. They were looking at Him. He hadn't died yet. They were not supposed to believe that Jesus was their substitute on the cross and He put their sins away when He died on the cross and shed His blood. They weren't supposed to believe that. He hadn't done it yet. So if that were true and Jesus said, all things are possible to Him that believes, Throughout Scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you believe. And they believed. And they well, what did they believe? And how did that belief shift when we got born again? So what do we believe? We are supposed to believe, listen close, are you ready? That Jesus died. And that Jesus rose again from the dead. We're supposed to believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. They couldn't say that, but we can. The belief now is in a substitutionary act. Our belief system should be more so on the fact of what happened on the throne, not the cross. We are not clinging to the old rugged cross. Thank God for the cross. We couldn't have got saved without it. But the cross in itself is not where you hang out. You're called to the throne. Come boldly to the throne. Come boldly to the throne. Don't hang out at the cross. That's where your sins were. Why do you want to hang out with all that junk? With all the stuff you spiritually vomited out. Where you got rid of. Where sin died. And righteousness was born. Amen. God, I'm doing really good today. I'm excited. And Jesus, so we're supposed to be, now... Now, not that if they, they were not supposed to believe that they accepted Him as a personal Savior, confessed Him as their Lord, and that they would receive eternal life. They weren't supposed to believe that because Jesus hadn't died yet. So if we got to know, what, what did they believe? What did they believe? Now, I want to say it again. Say this with me. Jesus had not died yet in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, But He did say, you got to believe. So He had to give Him something. Matthew chapter 8, verse 9 through 10. Let's look at this verse, of scripture, Matthew 8, 9, and 10. Now watch this. The the centurion had come to Jesus, and he was talking to Jesus in this verse, and he gives him some authority. Watch this. For I am a man under authority, ah, key word, I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goeth. You ought to underline that. Very important that you underline that. And to another, I say, come, and he cometh. And then to my servant, I say, do this, and he doeth it. Now, stop right there for just a moment. Look at the verses again. Look at it. I'm a man under authority. I'm a man under authority. I am a man, individual, singular. I'm a man under authority, but other people are hearing me. And so, to one soldier that's under me, I say to this man, go, and he goeth. So, we could say... I'm a man with authority, and if I tell somebody to get out of my presence, they've got to go. Leave. So I have authority to tell somebody who is violated, go. I have the right, therefore, if I could, to tell sickness, go, and it goeth. Poverty, go, and it goeth. I'm a man with authority. I'm a man under authority, and I'm a man with authority. And he said, watch this, and another man come. And another man come, and he cometh. I have a right to say, healing, come. Amen? Amen? Blessings come, prosperity come. And to my servant, what's my servant? My faith, do this. Faith is like your servant. Do this, and he doeth it. Well, when Jesus heard, I like it. When Jesus heard, when Jesus heard, Jesus hears your words. Now, let me help you here. You can be speaking the word of God on a regular basis and then have one fit of frustration. Satan does not, I mean, excuse me, Jesus does not quit and walk away because of one fit of frustration. All right, so you got to get that. Every one of us are going to be frustrated at one time or another. Every one of us are going to face challenges we never expected to come unexpected moments. Watch this. But Jesus heard it and marveled and said, Jesus heard, He said to them. I like this. Are you ready? That's why I highlight. That's not in the King James. I highlighted those on purpose. He said, Jesus heard, He said to them that follow Verily very say unto to you, I have not found so great faith. Look at those capitals on those on the screen. Jesus heard, He said, I've not found so great faith. So He's looking. How do you look for faith? What are people t- saying? In their level, what are they saying? Now, once again, I want to remind you, this centurion was not in the, in, uh, born again. This centurion did not confess Jesus as the Lord of his life. But he understood authority. He understood authority. And so Jesus heard and Jesus said, I've not found so great faith. You've got to talk to your own emotions. The greatest enemy you have is you. The picture of you in the mirror. When you get down, when you don't have an answer, when you get frustrated and you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, when things seemingly come against you, when people come against you, you don't really need a a, a devil when you've got somebody who's just antagonizing you. Amen? I've said for years, there are some people that are highly anointed to frustrate you. And they're good at it. Their anointing is strong. And so you can have somebody in your life that exits your life, but they never literally left. They left the door open or they took the keys with them and they can unlock it and come in and whisper to your ear or look at you and yell at you and say something to you violently and you walk away going, oh man, why did they do this? What's going on? What do I say? How do I tell souls? What do I do here? What do I do? How do I handle this? Watch this. Jesus heard. He's looking for your faith. Never let your faith words die by giving it a doubt and unbelief and voicing that. Never do that. Never become so dismayed, confused, bewildered that you don't know what else to do. You already spoke the word. You planted the seed. Don't go dig it up. Don't go dig it up. Don't, don't go do that. Uh, uh, I was, uh, this is very important that we understand this. I've not found so great a faith. So God's looking for faith. Now notice, so great a faith. How great was this faith? The great faith is revealed by what the man understood. This was the only time in scripture, that this man ever came to Jesus, and Jesus called it great faith. He did, he wasn't following Jesus, he had not come to Jesus before that, he did not have a come to Jesus moment every week, he was not in attendance at all of Jesus' meetings, he wasn't in his campaigns, we have no reference point that he followed Jesus, the rest of Jesus' ministry and funded him, nothing whatsoever. Here's what classified Jesus, said, I found great faith. And then he had this, it, that is it." watch this, and he said this, no, not in Israel. So the, the, the Jewish person, the, the Israel, they had the covenant. They knew God. They had a covenant keeping God. They were taught. They held fast. To what Moses said. The commandments of Moses. Uh, they went through. Ex- the Genesis. Exodus. The Number, uh, Numbers. Uh, they went through all this. Deuteronomy. They, they, this is what they knew. They understood it. Their garments all displayed. The covenant. And the words. And the promises. And the holiness. And the righteousness of almighty God. But yet. In all of Israel, God said, a man outside of the covenant, a man outside of this relationship, a man outside of this has great faith. Because all of you with all your garments and all the stuff you know, you've ignored it. It's become so, so easy for you to look at it, but you lost the understanding of it. And you put it aside. You got numb to the reality of what it means. But I found somebody who has great faith. They stepped out of, out of obscurity. And they came in. And they said, Jesus, I know authority. I say, go, and they go. I say, come, they come. And to my servant, do this and do that. And then he stopped. According to Scripture, he stopped. And Jesus looked and he heard and he said, I have not found so great a faith. I heard faith. I heard faith. Out of all this... All the clamor, Jesus, I'm sick. Jesus, I'm going through this. Jesus, I, I, I'm help. Help, Jesus. Jesus, help. Help, Jesus, help. Somebody said, I say, go. And somebody goes. I say, come. Somebody comes. I say to my servant, do this and he do it. And looking at it, Jesus. And he was asking Jesus, all you got to do is speak the word only. And I know that right here geographically where we're at, once you say it, My servant will be healed. Just speak the word only. Just speak the word only. Speak the word only. That's all you got to do. Somebody, somebody antagonize you at work, get in your car and speak the word only. Not, you know, hey, I hope they go to hell. No, stop it. Bless them. Father, in the name of Jesus, I don't know what they're going through, what aggravates them, what irritates them. I don't, I don't know what, what it does. Uh, why? But Father, I call them by name. Father, I call them into the kingdom. And if they are in the kingdom, I don't know if they are or not, then encourage them. The Spirit of God, encourage them. Bless them. That'll help you. The greatest power behind forgiveness isn't to the person, it's to you. Learn to forgive. And live in such forgiveness. Amen. Amen? Amen. This is important. This this is so vitally important. Yeah. Oh man, I recall what time uh, you know. I think there's Angie's here, and and uh, I don't know if Jasper's in the church at the time. I know Sue was. I, I recall that there was a, a time years, years back, and, and uh, we were in the we were uh, in the city of New York years back. This is years, years back, and and uh, a group of people wanted to do a spiritual coup and take over the church. And, and some some would remember that. Joanne and I just got back from Mexico preaching. We were in Mexico preaching the gospel and and we came back. Oh, so excited. Joanne was holding a meeting. She was preaching and it was so excited. And that night at two o'clock in the morning, I was awakened by the spirit of God. And he said, pray, tomorrow is going to be a miraculous day. That's what he said to me. So I said, I prayed. I thank God. It's going to be a miraculous day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We go to church and and praise of worship's finished. And I take the platform, Joanna. I take the platform and we're saying, greeting everybody. We're about ready to say, uh, hey, it's a good day today. And and, and, uh, a couple stood up and they yelled, Pastor, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And the moment they did that, I didn't realize, I didn't pay attention because I always do pay attention. I really do. I notice who's here. I notice how often you're here. I notice where you sit. I notice that when you're excited, you sit closer. I know that when you're getting numb, you sit in the middle. I know when you're leaving, you sit in the back. I know when you're, when you're about ready to move, it's, it's, it's occasionally. I, I know when, you're, when, when it's finished, you don't talk to me no more. Thank you. And, and so I've been at this too long. <clears throat> so uh, I, I, I noticed my ushers were in different positions. My children were small. They're just kids, infants. They're just kids. They were literally in children's church, not youth class. They were in children's church. And so they were in children's church already. And so um, they said, we rebuke you. I looked at this. And Joanne had had just sat down. And and when they did that, Joanne turned around. and uh, uh, And then people start popping like popcorn throughout the congregation. Say, we rebuke you in Jesus name. And so when they did that, the ushers were positioned everywhere, right where everybody was seated and picked them up and carried them out. Uh, literally, it was almost like a church fight. My sister-in-law got punched in the stomach. She got hit in the stomach. Four ladies attacked Joanne. And a woman, oh, the women, supernaturally surrounded Joanne. Supernaturally, they, Joanne was sitting down. They put their arms around Joanne this way. And then the rest of them, Faced the crowd and went this way, and they were protecting them. And one woman, thank God for her, uh, Barbara, uh, her name was Barbara, uh, and um, uh, Britain, and uh, she was a six degree black belt. And, and so she was running around in the circle blocking everybody's punch. They were punching, she just pushed it away. I'm standing on the platform stand like this, and people, st- t- three guys rushed me. And the Holy Ghost said, Step back. So I stepped back. And when I did, I was in a cloud. I could no longer see the church anymore. I didn't see anybody. I didn't see any members. I didn't see anything. And Jesus stepped out of looking down. I see his feet. And he starts talking about my healing ministry. (laughs) He set a table before me in the presence of my enemy. And he could care less what they were saying or doing. He's telling me, this is what you're going to do. And he goes, and you're going to preach this and there'll be a healing mantle in your hands and you're going to be able to preach the gospel. I'm taking you to these countries and he's talking to me. Amen. I stepped back. When <clears throat> He goes, you can step out. And I came out of that cloud and the praise and worship team was on the platform worshiping. Everybody was singing and the church was clapping and running around. What happened? What happened? Well, then I find out afterwards, people said, Let's go to lunch. A lot of people from the church, ministry, health most specifically, took me to lunch. And that's where the story started to come up. Because I didn't have a clue what happened. On the way to the thing, that's what Joanne told me, the women circled her, what was going on. But it was interesting that that, uh, every leader, this is so crucial, every leader, like I was, was awakened at 2 a.m., and everyone received a different assignment. The usher, let me help you here, the head usher was behind it all, that all that junk and he wasn't even in the building. He was waiting in the car for them to call him. His job was to come in after they dismantled me and drug me out. He was going to walk in and say, I'm now your new pastor. So he was self-ordained, self-called and he was coming in, but he was letting them do all the dirty work and he was gonna come in like the king of kings and ride in on a donkey, (laughs) except uh, he was the donkey. And so did a little different scenario of the story. And so, so when they did this, they all told me what happened. This is close. The woman, the, so the, the man who was a man by the name of Maurice Marshall, Maurice Marshall, who was not the head usher, woke up at 2 a.m. and God gave him instruction. He wrote down the plan of the building where every usher should be. And, he, and then he, he asked other men to help him out. And they all sat where these people were going to stand up. So as soon as they stand up, carry him out. Holy Ghost him, man. The praise worship leader, she woke up in the middle of the night, two o'clock. And she said, she saw the whole thing playing out. And then she said, she heard herself stand up and yell, praisers arise. And all the praise and worship team ran to the front and started to play a song they never heard. And never sang, and everybody was on key, and everybody sang verbally the same words. The same words. Did you know that some of the people went out to grab my children, and they were going to hurt my children, and because it was me, and they were so close, they went after Ed prez's children, Ryan and, and uh, Jennifer. They went after them because they were all together. The teacher woke up and said, somebody's going to come and try to hurt your children, hurt the Aragon's children, the Perez's children, put them in another room, put intercessors inside the room and intercessors outside, have them praying for them. So all the other children, they went through the rooms looking for them. They couldn't find them. They were in another room. And they were playing. They never told them why they were just playing balls. and They were just doing that and doing that. Hey, hey, listen, if I had a time to quit, that would have been a good time. But you see, I stepped into a cloud. I stepped into a cloud and I was moved from faith to faith and so we lasted and we're here. Praise God. I regretted that some people got punched. I regret that. Now, now the reason I'm telling you that is the next week, Joanne and I go to, a, a, uh, actually you know that uh, at that time period uh, we had a woman in our church, Evelyn Marsh. Her husband, who had not served God for a while, came to church for the first time that Sunday. He was at church. That was his first Sunday. Welcome to the ministry. <laughs> that was his first church time coming to church. And we were scheduled to go out to dinner with him. And so we said, can we go next week? So we went the following week. So the following week we went to a restaurant. <clears throat> and so we're sitting in the restaurant. And that couple that started all the stuff was in that restaurant. Do you know that when they walked by to, to leave? They, well, actually they walked by. He walked up to the table. And in my mind... I just stood up and go, hey man, how you doing? Shook my hand up. I go, praise God for you, man. How you doing? And and he just stared at me. And he he wouldn't say anything to me. And then it hit me. Oh, he's the one that started all that. (laughs) Now, how could I do that? Because getting in my car, Joanne said, do you know? I said, stop. Father, I forgive them. Father, I forgive them. And I will not hold this charge against them. Now, It wasn't that I forgot I had amnesia, but forgiveness won't let you remember when it's genuine. So when I saw him, I didn't think anything of it. And then he wanted to fight me in the restaurant. Now now remember, Ken Marsh was in the restaurant. Ken Marsh is a big guy. So Ken Marsh looked across the table and he said, uh, uh, Pastor Art, I guess, he goes, I haven't rededicated my life yet may I take this man outside and clean the parking lot with him I would really love to do it and he stood up a big guy and I said no Ken that's okay he goes no no I got this pastor he started to walk around I go no I got this have a seat have a seat he was ready to do battle and he sat back down so I just and the manager was walking by excuse me sir this man right here is giving us some hassle and he wants to start a fight. Could you help us here? So he kicked them out. And he goes, oh, he kicked me out of church. Now you're kicking me out of a restaurant. I said, you did it to yourself, man. And then Ken, with tears, said, you're my pastor. A man that can put up with that and not flinch Amen. has to be a man of God. I reached across the table, grabbed his hand. He, he rededicated his life. Evelyn cried. Joanne cried. We all cried over our food. And uh, it was so powerful that a man dedicated his life. Out of all that hardship, you have no idea who's watching you. You have no idea how your faith is being known. Amen. Amen. I've had people take shots of me over the years and I still hear. Amen. And I don't have any arrows stuck in my back because I don't run. The shield of faith has them on. Hey, look at this one. Are you ready for this one? Matthew chapter 9 verse 28. Can you handle this verse? Amen. <clears throat> You say, well, who, who was it? None of your business. Because Jesus loves him, Jesus died for him, so it's none of your business. Matthew 9, 28. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said unto them, believe ye, believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said, yea, Lord. Then, then touched he his, their eyes, saying, according to to your faith, be it unto you. Watch this. According to your faith, be it done unto you. How how did he know they had faith? When he was coming to the house, the blind man came and Jesus said, and believe ye that I'm able. And they said, yea, Lord. Two words. Yea, Lord. Do you believe I'm able to do this? They're blind. He did not ask them, well, what's your belief system in our doctrine? How long have you been saved? you still smoking and drinking? You're still cussing who's your friends he didn't question him. he didn't drill him he just said hey listen do you believe I'm able to do this you're blind do you believe I'm able here's here's how he recognized your faith yes Lord Ah, oh, that's all I need according to those words according to your faith be it done unto you according to your faith be it done unto you. not his faith according to your faith I, I, you know uh, this is very important uh, wor- the word can be described as this. Are you ready for it? R- write this down. The word can be described as self-sustaining life. Self-sustaining life. Uh, l- look, look at verse 29 before I give you these again. Look at verse 29. Then touched ye their eyes, saying, according to your faith, watch this, be, just stop right there, according to your faith, be. Be what? healed be seeing you were blind now see be according to your faith be now that we're on this side of the cross according to what jesus said you're the righteousness of god then just be the righteousness of god if he said you're blessed before the foundation of the world then just be blessed because you were blessed before the foundation just be Don't force it. Don't try it. Don't examine it. Don't scrutinize it. Just be. So that word be means this, the self-sustaining life. Number two, the permanent position that's unchanging. Permanent position that's unchanging. If you just be, it'll be permanent and it'll be a position that's unchanging. Number three, to be purposely presented and to take part in enabling strength beyond strength. If you'll just be, you'll receive strength beyond strength. Do you believe I'm able to do this? Then just be. I've just given you sight beyond sight. I've given you help beyond help. I've given you hope beyond hope. This is what Jesus is saying. So this is important that we understand this. The permanent, number of last one this, the permanent never-ending source who is the constant benefactor who materializes what we desire? Let me say it again, the permanent, never-ending source. who is the constant benefactor who materializes what we desire? Jesus in the tr- you, uh, sh- this shall never die means this: as the dead though dead shall live, though, th- though they die, they'll never live, they'll never, they'll, they'll never die eternally. There's never eternal death for the believer. So you've got to realize that. Jesus said this, whoever liveth and believeth me shall no means die forever. Better way to put it. So if you're never going to die forever, then life's at work on the inside of you. Jesus is Lord. I have um, several things here, eight things uh, that scriptures are able to do for us if we believe. And uh, so how many want to hear them? Good. Then come back next week and we'll tell you all about it. Just be. The righteousness of God's on the inside of you. Come on, don't quit. You can last. You can do it. I don't care who's against you. I don't care how, how many enemies hell sends against you. It could be one. It could be two. It could be many. It doesn't really matter because one sends a thousand to flight, two ten thousand to flight. All you got to do now listen, if you don't have a two, at least you're going to know this. If, if five come against you, you're more powerful than a thousand. Just honor yourself. How? how? By speaking the word only. I say, come and they come. The Old Testament, I mean, excuse me, uh, the the Gospels, which is basically the Old Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is telling us to believe what? What the Scriptures say, and that is based on the law. And if they could just believe that, it would work. Now you and I, we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose again from the dead, descended into heaven, giving us the righteousness of God. You and I win in Jesus' name. We win. Ladies and gentlemen, you win in Jesus' name. Amen? So if you go through something, my God is greater. If you're going through something, He's the God that's more than enough. You may go through the va- you may go through a storm. It doesn't really matter. He's in your boat, and you'll calm that thing if you'll just speak the word only. Just peace, be still. That's all you got to do. I want to remind you: no weapon formed against you shall or ever will prosper. They're forming, but they can't prosper. They can't succeed. They're not enabled to win against you, the believer. You have a covenant right with a covenant-keeping God and a covenant-keeping life, and it works in Jesus' name. Praise God. Let me... If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.